Nathan, what's going down, man? It's the big baller, baby. That's right. Charlie done reached out to the big baller and told me that it's going down. Gonna be your 11th anniversary, dog, with your blob, the Stack Attack. Oh, I love the name, Triple B Style. Big baller brand is in the building, baby. And you know how we do this. Man, I love your style. Keep doing what you're doing. And the fact that you got your own thing going on, I love it. That entrepreneurial spirit. Triple B style, man. You got your man Charlie behind you. Now you got the big baller brand behind you. Triple B's, baby. Keep doing your thing. I love you, dog. Big baller's out. And I holla. And with that, welcome back to the Sports Block Podcast. LeVar Ball, Nathan Stacken, Travis Krins joining you here after our uh, extended time off. We're going to talk all about what's happened between the last time we talked, which was uh, before the big day, before June 18th, and Travis got married and hitched and everything, and we'll, we'll talk about it all here. But that was LeVar Ball, one of the truly great surprises that I have come across in my life, and Stuff. So welcome back, Travis Krenz. First off, how is married life treating you? It's about the same as unmarried life, I would say. Which was oh, yeah, it's good. good right? Yeah, good. We went on a big trip. We got back. It's hot as hell, obviously, for a few weeks there. Yep. And the weather's not too bad right now. So, yeah, we're, what, school starts here next Wednesday, August 17th. Seems like that's early. Seems like it's always early. Yeah. So I think we got football next Friday, and then Mitchell football starts in two Fridays. We got the amateur baseball tournament. So, yeah, busy summer with the wedding, and we're done with that. And our big vacation. It's it's been an eventful and and busy, busy summer. Yeah, so we're going to start with that first. This is primarily not going to be about sports this week. We might we're going to touch a little bit on the Deshaun Watson deal, the the big MLB trade deadline deals that happened. The Twins got better. Uh, but the, the big winners uh, are where the Padres, they aren't winning right now. But anywho, we'll get to all of that. But let's first, let, let's go back to, to June 18th. You're at the, right, this was the 18th, I'm not mistaken, yes. Yep, June 18th, it's easy to remember. Yep. For me, at least, because my birthday is January 18th. Perfect. And it should be easy because uh, exactly a month later, Jason was born. So I'll be able to remember that. And we'll get to... July 18th? Yes. Yes. There we go. And, we'll and get... what Noah was December, early December. Uh, December 16th. So December 6th. Oh, that's pretty close. Yes. Yes. So it all happens right in there. But we're So we're going back to, to your wedding day. And we were kind of looking at the forecast and stuff and like, oh, my gosh, that heat and is gonna, it's going to be hot out there. And... It lived up to expectations. The heat was tremendous. Um, I know you were sweating bullets out there, not because oh, yes. you were nervous about getting married, but you being in the suit, Marcus being in the suit. Uh, I mean, you guys were out there in the in the heat. Um, in the elements. Yes. Uh, I guess the big things that happened before the actual ceremony, David Schottenkirk and I met for the very first time. The physically met uh, it was quite the moment. Yes, it was. So after you've known each other for years, what, five, six, seven, eight years now. Yep. And you live, what, within five miles of each other, yes. less than that. Yes. And you live in the same town or thereabouts, and you've you traveled the four hours or whatever to Sioux Falls, and you've met met for the first time. So that was, yeah, first of many 
many big events that day. Yes, yes. And then we get... And I may, may I just say, you yeah. were... I believe you were the first person there. Yeah, I, I was. I, Marcus... Well, was technically David there first? Because didn't he have to go try and find Marcus a tie clip? I think he he probably dropped him off. So you count as the first person who uh, was there that did not have to be there. I think Mr. Amon was probably the last person. Yes, he was. He got there real close to 5 o'clock. And, uh, yeah, I think he was the first one there, and he was the last one there. So we book in. Yes, and it was the first time that all of us have been in the same physical location together. You, Marcus, myself, uh, Charlie, David, and Drew, we were all there together, and I mean, it, it was a lot of fun there, and you, you have the ceremony and stuff, it was a, a 10 minutes, it was it was quick, you got stuff done, you fumbled the ring though, so I have to ask I you, did. was your Adrian Peterson moment, it, that's what I initially thought of right away, um, but uh, was it just, uh, it, what do you have to, like, what happened there? Was it, did it just slip through because of the, the heat and the sweat in your hands? What, what was going on there? I really wasn't thinking about it. And it, it was just, it was really tiny. It was the, I don't know if it was the, it was, it was the wedding band. I don't know, I don't exactly know what it was because there's the ring. Mm-hmm. There's, there's the band, which is very small. Yep. So whatever it was, I don't think I dropped. I don't think I dropped the actual ring. I don't think it was the, the little band, band that yep. goes with it. But anyway, I found it right away. Yeah. But yeah, dropped yes. that. Um, got it back on. So yeah, that was the one miscue, and it was warm. No doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it, it felt all of hundred degrees that day. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't. It wasn't quite as warm as I thought because uh, you, you think about it, you know, it was going to be terrible. I was sweating because we got there about a little before three o'clock because we did not set up before because we couldn't. We had to get there. Like, there was nothing ready to go at three o'clock. So my parents, they were a huge help bringing in the coolers of drinks. We had a lot of drinks left over mm-hmm. and they were in charge of that. So they bring two vehicles just for the the pop and, and alcoholic beverages. So we get there about, so let's get there at three. We got there about two forty-five. thankfully we did. And we're setting stuff up. The tables are there. And I forget the computer, my work computer. Oh. Uh, that's at the hotel. I've got the speakers that play the music. Uh-huh. I don't have the computer that plays the actual songs. So I'm like, shit. So I go back, it took about a 40-minute round trip, 20 minutes back to downtown Sioux Falls, 20 minutes back, I made pretty good time. So I was sweating, and then by the time I got back, everything was done. So that was nice. They set up the chairs very quickly. So that was another mistake that nobody would have known about in the beginning. But, yeah, then it got to, like, 4 o'clock, and I'm like, well, I I better get dressed here. So I'm just sweating bullets, and we got it done. Yes, we did. It was very nice, a very nice wedding, very nice inside. It was nice and cool. That also was a huge um, yes. benefit there. Uh, th- so throughout the like, just the ceremony and stuff, and then you get announced as uh, Mr. and Mrs. Travis Crins, and everyone applauds and everything like that. What any part of that that um, 
that that you were surprised by or that maybe you thought you were prepared for and then were were caught off guard a little bit anything leading up to that point that that you were surprised by oh i forgot the computer that sucks other than that no melissa wanted to go down the alley at five o'clock she was a couple minutes late it was like 505 or 510 it was like kind of because we didn't rehearse anything we didn't have a rehearsal dinner like, all right, we all, we've all been to weddings before. We've all seen what the hell goes on. Mm-hmm. We're like, all right, where do we go? Where do we start? My like, oh, we'll just start here at the end of the cement, walk down. Her bridesmaid was the one that would give us the key ride. As soon as she comes down, that means Melissa is ready to go and we can start this thing. Mm-hmm. So Chris kind of like, all right, what did Marcus is like, where do we go? Where do we do? I'm like, all right, you start here. We go down. You bring the moms down really quick and and not, not a whole lot of surprises I guess the first first couple hours and so that gets done we go inside uh, well you had to do pictures actually after yeah. that um, lots of pictures there in the heat and your dad uh, now I don't know your dad very well but I understand he does not like to get dressed up for certain things and by no. that I mean certainly wear a tie um, how quickly was he out of that tie? Was it faster than a uh, Tyreek Hill 40-yard dash? Pretty quickly, because they had to take some pictures. Oh, like that went. Got some good pictures. We got those back a couple weeks ago. Excellent. It took a while. It took like at least an hour to get all those done, which is whatever. And, yeah, he as soon as that was done, I would assume he came in and then changed. Yeah, because he's yeah, not been since he got married in 1983, he's probably been in a suit. Maybe a handful of times, maybe five times since then, and probably three or four of them have been weddings. So, yeah, got him the suit. He had his hat on. He didn't be he didn't want to get walked down the aisle. So, sat in his chair, had his hat on, and he got his suit off. So, that was a yeah. And then Marcus, I think Marcus changed out of his suit a little while later. I just kept it on all day. Um, you look you look sharp. You look very sharp. Good. So we got the suits. And it was, yeah, it, it was not being outside for another trees and whatever else they had out there. So mm-hmm. it was, and then we went out afterwards, of course. And then it was still humid with like, I'm sweaty. We're out in it. It's, it's warm, but it, it's the summer. The reception, very nice. The, the pizza was outstanding. Um, good. Well, yeah, pizza was good. There's that thing where we're taking the pictures and by the time we get back, it's probably 6.30. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, we, we missed an hour. I don't know what was people probably just eating and talking. And you know, we just kind of missed that whole hour of whatever that was. So, yeah. Yeah, and I don't think we started eating eating until probably close to 6, I want to say, right. after they, they got set up and everything. And I guess I, I didn't realize this, but they were making the pizzas in the parking lot, is that correct? They yes. brought like the portable yeah. oven. That's really cool. I think when I got back with the with the computer, the guy pulled up. So he was there about the three forty five or so, and he pulled up and I'm like, "Yep, yeah, I'm the groom. You can get set up. You know what to do." So it was a two man operation. Can't imagine a lot it was in that food truck with that oven going yeah. on. But yeah, everybody liked the pizza. Uh, I think they kept up with the. With the demand, there's always yes. pizza out there. That's some extras. So yeah, they did. 
They did an A-plus job. Yes, they did. It was very good. Then you guys have your dance. And then uh, Melissa says, do we want to dance or do, you know, what, we could just relax and stay cool. And everyone is like, whatever, whatever you want to do. And like, yeah, let's just hang out and just relax and chill. And it was just, it was very nice there being able to talk with, with everyone and stuff. Uh, so anything, um, and any, any other thoughts on the reception part of it then? I like that nobody danced because I don't like dancing. <laughs> and we had what well, we danced, I think, twice. We had two dances. And nobody else, I think David said, do you mind that nobody's dancing? I'm like, no, this is fine. The music was there. Mm-hmm. My one thing about the wedding is I didn't want the music loud because I've been to many weddings, most of them where the music is way too loud. Yeah. And you can't talk to anybody. So I felt the music was at a good level to where you was there, where you could still easily talk to people, which I liked. And yeah, just uh, people there, you make your rounds, you start at this table. I never got any cake, uh, the actual cake that we had for people. I never got any of that. Well, that's a bummer. Yeah, that was from Hy-Vee, like a jelly roll, something in the middle, and that looked good. We had a little bit of pizza. We brought some home, so that was good. And you start on one side, and you just start talking to people, and that was about it. You make your rounds, and... And say your thank yous, say it, we're going on this trip, and thanks for coming, and you go from there. So, yeah, it goes by quickly. So, it does. Now it, the, was, yeah, it was overall good, right? Links got done about nine o'clock, and people, I didn't have to tear down much at all, so that was nice. Mm-hmm. People taking down chairs and tables, and I'm like, you do that, I'm just going to sit here and not that's, do that. That's, that's just, well, you should. Uh, now, did were you did you take like a part of the cake home, like to eat on your one year anniversary? You know, people do that and yeah. stuff. So, do you have cake that's currently in the freezer for that day? Yeah, the the our wedding cake. We did that. Okay, wedding cake's an interesting story. Some of the things didn't go quite as planned, which nobody would know, but. Wedding cake, we went to a spot here in Mitchell, and it was not what we really wanted. We picked it. It was the last, last thing we did Friday afternoon before we left to Sioux Falls. It was in a box. It was taped up. It was bigger than we wanted. It really didn't look anything like we wanted it to look. Hmm. So we got to keep this cake in form for the next 36 hours. So it was there. And then we went to, what, Queen City Bakery, I think it's called, which was across the street from our hotel. The morning of the wedding, and they had some sort of a lemon cake, which was what the cake, what our actual cake was. Mm-hmm. And we said, we want that, we'll buy that, and that's going to be our actual wedding cake. So we didn't buy our actual wedding cake that we used until, like, 10 o'clock the morning of the wedding. Wow. Because we did not like our original cake. And they had a cake that looked good, and we're all right, we'll take this. This will be the official cake. So, wow, that is cool. yeah. That the is other cake, cool. I think, is still in the in the freezer okay. along with the with the good cake. So, yeah, wedding cake was a disappointment. Well, now you have two uh, yeah. cakes to that you can that you can eat, or you can eat yeah. one on one for this first year, and then on the, uh-huh. the on year one, then you can actually eat the 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 wedding cake that you bought on the day of. Um, Apparently, cake lasts a while in the freezer if we're eating it year after year. So yes, well, who knew that cake cake stays well in the in the freezer for many years. Well, you got and then early on, and then early on something else. Yep. We're getting ready. So like when we first got there on three o'clock. 
we're getting set up, we're getting the coolers downstairs, and another wedding party shows up, and they want to take pictures on the grounds, which is fine, I guess, because it is a public park, but we're kind of getting ready, and there's a bus full of people that come out ready to take pictures. <laughs> like, all right, well, hopefully you guys are done by the time we're ready to get get the, get this done, because we're setting up for a party here, so yeah. that was another thing that was like, oh, okay, sure, yeah, just, just come, come on down. Well, it would have been nice <laughs> to know ahead of time, right? <laughs> yeah, they didn't know, because they, they just showed up. I'm like, all right, sure. Um, you know, it, just going back to the cake, do you have one of those like um, Tupperwares where you can where you can lock the sides in on on or like the the locking lids? I think we use the ice cream buckets. Okay. On the bad one, we just use like tin foil on the ice cream bucket. I don't know if the other ones in a nicer container. We've already eaten some of it, but yeah, I think we'll save the rest of it for for later. Okay. Very good. And then after that, we got to uh, go down to one of the local breweries right by your hotel in downtown Sioux Falls mm-hmm. and uh, converse there. So that was a lot of fun. Um, we closed the place like we, down. We didn't really know what we were going to do afterwards yep. or where we were going to go. And so we ended up going to where we did. So I like that. Spent an hour and a half there. Mm-hmm. What I like about it, I had... I'll call it two different sets of friends. I had you guys, which would be, what, college friends? Yep. Then I had the table behind you where my high school friends or people I grew up with when I was, you know, five, six, seven years old, people I've known since I was a kid. That was the table behind you. And they're all married, and they've all got kids. So... None of them came out afterwards, which I can understand because they got babysitters and they've got kids and whatever. Mm-hmm. No, but all of the other guys, Charlie, Charlie had to go back, which is fine. But you came out, uh, you know, David and Marcus and Drew and his girlfriend, they all came out. So I, I was appreciative to, you know, doing something afterwards. We'll be done at 10 o'clock. We've got time to do something else. So mm-hmm. that was nice that we had you folks. Yeah, you, come out afterwards. So. It didn't. Fe- you didn't feel as stressed then to try and get to everyone and talk with everyone. I think that's a good. That's a good thing in that. Yeah. So, yeah, we invited any. Like, hey, we're doing something afterwards. Who wants to come? We can come, and we're glad that you you guys came out. Yeah. Well, it was a lot of fun. It was great hanging out with everyone and uh, being a part of your special day. So, um, well, What did I miss? Anything that I missed that I didn't? Because I kind of waited for you guys till the end. I didn't get to talk to Charlie as much as I wanted to. Everybody else I got to see. But what did I, cause what, cause what, what did I miss that I didn't Boy, oh, uh, what did you miss? Um, you know, it just... Talked a, uh, I mean, we were talking a little bit about the U.S. Open. Um, oh, yeah, sir. Because that was going on, so David was actively following, I believe he was following Scotty Scheffler and, and mm-hmm. William McElroy in there. Um, i sure he, I, I wonder if he made any money um, on that, um, on Saturday, I guess, uh, moving day. I'm trying to remember. Uh, it, I don't know if we talked a great deal of college football. I mentioned that uh, maybe I'm thinking. I I think it's, I told David that I don't want to you know ruin our friendship here now after I've just met you for two hours. But uh, I'm thinking of picking USC for the college football playoffs. Oh shit! Um, 
and that you know I, he didn't punch me, so I guess that's a good thing. Um, right. Yeah, um, we were. I, I will say we were oftentimes wondering where Drew and his fiance went. Yes, they went outside. And they were gone for a period, I don't know, an hour, maybe not quite that long, but they were gone for a time. It, so. it was like a couple of different times throughout the night. Now, I can only speculate, and I'm, I'm not going to, this is, or we'll keep this a family-oriented podcast here. I'm not going to speculate what was happening, but I have an idea, or I think maybe, I, something, it just, like, unless you went, unless they went out for a walk through the gardens and stuff. Perhaps. I don't. I don't know what they could have been doing for that long. Who knows? Uh, so yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, you know, we just talked to. Uh, I, I can't even re- really remember. Um, Did you talk to Beck at all? You know him. Uh, a little bit about it. Yep, yeah. a little bit. Not not too much. I meant to say hi to his wife. Uh, and like, oh, yeah, Kelsey please, would no, have been let's, let's not be hasty. Well, well, I was just going to say, like, oh, you know, uh, like I said, congrats to him on his on his kid. And, oh, yeah. um, like, oh, you know, Kelsey would be here because she knows um, Amanda because they went to yep. school together in Fergus. But um, didn't end up getting around to, to talking to her or whatnot. But I, t- I did talk to Dan for a little bit. Uh, we also did the, the photos uh, out oh, yes. in the, uh, the yeah we did some pictures of our group and stuff and this was uh, in between like during the reception and that's when you know we heard it right off the top of the podcast here that was the big surprise then the Lavar Ball uh, cameo um, I mean Charlie who, who like and Charlie this was all this was hundred percent Charlie we've talked about this. In the past, but I was Marcus and I. We were at a Mitchell High School baseball game or a Legion baseball game. It was uh, whatever the hell it was, Wednesday, Thursday night, whatever it was. And he sends me a text. Okay. And I'm like, "What is this?" And so I click it, and it's this Lavar Ball cameo for you. I'm like, "Oh man!" So we show that to you there, and that was exciting. It was, and I apologize for not uh, like giving the the reaction that maybe you guys were hoping for or expecting. It's one of the very few times in my life where I'm truly <laughs> stunned and had no idea what to say. Like, should I be like, this is a guy that I've have not really uh, I, that that I've had strong uh, feelings about, strong words. Uh, about him and you know for him to just do this now I get it you know he's getting paid to say it but it's still like oh my god LeVar Ball is talking to me about my blog it's like whoa like what is this I I was completely stunned and didn't know what to say yeah what I have a 30 30 second little deal about the blog and whatever else Charlie put on there and the stack and triple B this and triple B that and you're a big baller and I'm a big baller and you got the triple B behind you now so yeah it was he he did a great job of being of being Lamar Ball I still don't know are we confident that he's saying the 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 blog or the block I mean we could use it for both I don't know because there's a sports block podcast but then there's the blog I think he said the blog but it sounds like the block congratulations on your block I like that we could combine it though like we can use it for both the podcast and the blog 
he should say congratulations on your blog, I think. I don't know. He He's, he's an idiot, as we know, but... Um, well, we, yeah, it was it was a it was a fun thing. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was uh, jaw dropping. It, it just was it was fantastic. So I really appreciate that. And uh, yeah, I, I've, I've kind of turned a little bit here on Lavar. Uh, you know, now I'm the Triple B, and you got, I got the big baller brand on my side. So I, I mean, I got that, got that going for me, which is nice. Uh, like the Dalai Lama in Caddyshack. So I got total consciousness. So that's we got that nice. going for you. Uh, so then, uh, so great, great day. I'm very happy that you guys had a, a, a good day, uh, albeit a hot one for your wedding, and that uh, hopefully it was everything you guys uh, could ask for. Uh, so now let's get to the trip uh, on your honeymoon, this two-week excursion. You just missed the Golden State Warriors parade by a few days, and I believe you also missed the Colorado Avalanche parade by a few days. Um very close, but just couldn't quite get it there on your leg. So let's start at the beginning of the trip. I believe you went out there to a glacier in Montana. Uh, yep. Were you able to see the sun, uh, what, the, the road to the sun or the, the sun yeah, road? The road to the sun road. We also barely missed those fires, I don't know, out in California. That was nice. Oh, geez, yeah, that is a good thing. So, yeah, we go to Glacier National Park. That was the best part of the trip. I think mean, we both agree that was the best part. 10 hours, 10 hours the first day. I was tired at the end of the first day, but it was fine. Small town, small hotel, it was fine. So we get there, uh, we get to Mini Glacier Hotel. It's on the uh, east side of Glacier National Park. Very pretty. We get to this hotel is where you go and you get aboard a little boat. You go on one lake. It's a 15-minute little excursion on the lake you get off you walk a couple minutes you get on another boat another lake that drops you off for a couple hours you can go walking around so that's the first thing we did we saw a moose saw a big moose Ooh. that was good uh the, the one uh, boat captain tour guide he was really good on answering questions and we got there early on in the season at the end of june um which i didn't realize you know, until later on planning the trip that this was still early in their season. You would think it's almost July. It should be open. So, yeah, the going to the Sun Road is the main road. It's like a 50, 60-mile road. Beautiful views. We got about 20 miles on the one side, and we could get about 20 miles on the other side. The middle 20, that's where it was closed. Um, but, yeah, the, the, the portion we took was uh, – very picturesque. So that was nice. Saw saw some bears. That was good. Saw about three three bears or so. Uh, Justin uh, Fields. Did you ask him how he's going to do this season? We asked him. He said, "I'm going to suck again." Okay. So all right. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Worry about the bears. So that was cool to see some of that. Um, yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd go up there again to check that out. So, oh, so it's so big. The lake, the mountains, the snow. It was it was good. And how much hiking did you do out there then? The one hike we did there for like an hour and a half or so. Some of it was flooded, and we continued to walk through some of the water, which was like you know ankle deep, a little higher mm-hmm. to get through some stuff. And we went another way to see another waterfall, which was all right. But some of the stuff was blocked off, uh, which was disappointing. 
the next day, I think it was our third day, we were going to go on a hike, and it was closed because of the bears. <laughs> and this was like a Wednesday, and it wasn't going to open until Friday, so we didn't do much that day except drive around, see some stuff. So we didn't get to quite see everything we wanted to. So we did a little bit of hiking uh, up there. Uh, did you eat any huckleberry? Did you consume any huckleberries of any sort? Huckleberry pancakes, uh, syrup, just the berry itself? Any huckleberries? Huckleberry pie. It was very good. Purple. It's very purple. Huckleberry pie and huckleberry ice cream, which was also excellent purple ice cream. Uh, it is very expensive. Huckleberry? Yeah. <laughs> it is very expensive. I haven't heard of it you know, before you mentioned it. And it was all around certain places in Montana. And for an entire pie, they wanted like $40 for a pie. Holy shit! <laughs> so a piece of pie was like 4 or $5. Okay, how many pieces and in a whole pie? Probably eight small pieces or maybe six regular pieces. Oh my. Like a normal pie. So for, I mean, 20 bucks would have been, you know, 20, 25 bucks would have been plenty. Yeah. And then even the jam, they sold like the jam to make your own pie or whatever the hell. And that was like 20, 30 bucks for a thing of jam. So Huckleberry, uh, you probably can't find it too many places, but that was expensive. But it's also very good. It's so like yeah, we did have, did have some Huckleberry pie and ice cream uh, to say we had it, and it was it was very good. Had I not mentioned it to you, would you have tried it? Probably, hopefully, because we were uh, we stayed in a town called Hungry Horse, Montana, on oh. uh, just outside the west side of the, of the national park. Stayed there for two nights. Small little town, good good hotel, and kind of right across the street was a couple of Huckleberry shops. Okay. So I think so, because they looked very good. And yeah, you heard, heard a lot about Huckleberry stuff. We bought some Huckleberry cookie mix. We made those. Those were all right. We also had some honey-infused Huckleberry honey, which I don't really like honey to begin with, but we bought that. I didn't try it. I don't know how that was, but we bought some of those. Okay. Things. Okay. So that's the first leg of your trip, and then you travel. Now, so you had to travel through Idaho, uh, yes. through like. Did you go up by like Coeur d'Alene, or was it a little further south so. of that? We did not. Idaho, very skinny state, obviously. Skinny at the top, fat at the bottom. Yeah. So Melissa drove a little bit. I would say she drove maybe eight hundred miles on this trip, maybe seven hundred, seven eight hundred miles of the. We went, it was 4,800 miles. Oh, in, the, in, in, in the two two weeks, it was $1,200 in gas. We kept track of the gas. Oh, okay, I was, that was another question I had. Uh, what was the most expensive gas uh, that you had to pay? I think it was 530 Oh, that's not bad. It was the most. No, the highest we saw was 7 Okay. And just outside of the, one of the national parks, it was seven dollars. I'm like, no, we're not doing this. So was that, uh, in, yeah, five, was that in California? That was in Montana. Oh, wow! It was like six ninety. Like, in California, it was it was routinely six dollars, but uh, I think we paid five thirty. Did we pay six bucks? I got a list of it. 
okay. somewhere. But it, yeah, the average was like five twenty or so. I think we, we must have paid more than that. Um, maybe we paid six dollars once. But you tried to fill up where, where, when when you could and get the best price. Yes. So we spent what, four days up in Montana. We leave on a Monday, and we left on Friday or Saturday. Friday. We drive 10 hours to Portland, and we go through Idaho. I did not drive through Idaho. So we go there. We go to Portland. Portland was probably the most disappointing thing on the tour. It was a very dirty town. I don't know if we were in the wrong part of town. Just graffiti everywhere, every sign, every interstate bridge in town had fucking graffiti on it. Hmm. And I was hoping for more than that from Portland, but a dirty goddamn town, at least the part we were in. So uh, I'm t- sure there are better parts of it, but Portland was a thumbs down for me. Uh, tent City? did uh... Yeah, a little bit of that, and homeless people. Mm-hmm. Um, we had some barbecue at a place. It was a food truck, which we didn't know it was a food truck. We thought it was an actual restaurant. It was kind of a cool setup where there was like, an actual restaurant, outdoor restaurant there, and there were a bunch of food trucks kind of in a circle or six or seven, eight of them food mm-hmm. trucks there, and a lot of people converged there and picnic tables. That was a eating spot. But, yeah, we quickly got out of Portland the next day, and it was a lot better after that. Okay, so after that, after Portland, where was the next stop? Further down the coast in Oregon, or did you go all the way to California? Yeah, we go to Southern Oregon. One of the highlights was the sand dunes in Southern Oregon, something I did 20 years ago when we were out there. And mm-hmm. I think Melissa enjoyed that quite a bit. It was about a one-hour tour, sand dunes. You really wouldn't know they were there, these sand dunes in Southern Oregon. Yeah. Just sand for days. You could fucking get lost out there. There's this huge bus-like buggy that we took out there. It was, yeah, we were right by the driver in the front seat, and it was, yeah, that was that was a good, that'd probably be in the top five of the things we did. Okay, very cool. Uh, and you're driving along the Pacific coast at this point, right? Like you can see the yeah. ocean um, on your drive through Oregon, or, or not quite? Yeah, yeah, it was Highway 101, Highway 1, we can see the coast, we picked up the ocean. And thankfully, on that first day we got to see it, because the rest of the time it was kind of foggy out during the day, during the morning, so you couldn't see much of it from a distance, so that first day was fine. So we do that. Uh, I think this was a Saturday, our first Saturday. It was one of our busier days, because we start in Portland, we drive down the coast, we see the ocean, I think it was a three, four-hour drive to these sand dunes. We did that for an hour. By the time we're done there, it's about, I'd say, 3, 3.30, 3 o'clock. We still have another hour and a half to go or so to our hotel mm-hmm. we, we get to our hotel I think it's in a town called Bandon, Oregon southwestern part of the states small town it's the Lamplighter Inn these little blue motel rooms and we get there it's Saturday at 5 o'clock whatever time it is mm-hmm. there's an office there's nobody in the office we go to our room. We can't get into our room. How the fuck do we get into this hotel? There's nobody here. You go to a hotel. There's somebody at the front desk. Yep. 
There was nothing there. It was locked. The front office was locked. This older couple, maybe in their mid-late 60s, they were very helpful. They come out and say, don't bother with that. These people are never here. They've been there a couple days. They know what's going on. Apparently, I got a text on my phone like a week ago telling me I need to download this app and it's like an Airbnb type thing, okay. which I didn't know about. So I got to download their app and pay them through that or some fucking thing. And then after that, they give me the code to the hotel room. The code doesn't open the door. The code has the key for your hotel room. So I need the code to get the key to get in the room. And this fucking process took probably close to 45 minutes, if not an hour. Really? Of me on my phone, downloading their app. I couldn't figure out where to pay. I'd fill out my information. I couldn't figure out where to submit it. The other older, older lady, she had her computer out. We were trying to do it on her computer. It was sending me you know, Google alerts and verifications and this and that. And I'm like, what a fucking mess. I would tell you, I called the help number for the hotel. Nobody answered. I sent the lady a text. She answered, uh, gave me a, an answer, and that didn't help at all. <laughs> so that was a thumbs down. We get into the room. There's no, I don't know if there was no air conditioning. I don't think there was any air conditioning in this room. Oh, my. It wasn't too terribly hot. It was probably at least 80 degrees, but we had a big old fan. Not only were we in the fucking room, we turned the the uh, the furnace on, so the heat was running. We thought it was the air conditioner. It was a fucking heater. Oh, no. So as soon as, as, soon as we turned that down, that helped a little bit, but that was probably the worst, Worst than a worst hotel or the worst just experience of trying to get into the hotel. And what city so, was this in, in Oregon? Bandon, I think it's called Bandon. Brandon without an R. Okay. Oregon. So that was awful. Uh, we went a couple miles down the road. We ate at a nice Italian place. Very tiny. There were maybe, maybe 10 tables in this entire restaurant. There was an older couple playing live music, which was fine. Uh, so we did that. I mean, that was on a Saturday night. But what a goddamn mess and hassle to get into yeah. this fucking lamplighter in. No kidding. A lot of a lot of the hotels I booked were fine, but they were just in small towns, and there really wasn't anything to do. Once we got to the hotel, it was basically, this is it. There's nothing here. Um... Did you, by chance, happen to drive through Brookings, Oregon? I don't think so. We saw signs there. I don't think we actually went through it, though. We were pretty close. Okay. It's just like one of the uh, other, like, not too many other Brookings at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, Didn't know if maybe you would happen to stop there, take a picture, and like, hey, Jackrabbit. Hey, we're in Brookings. Uh, okay, yep. so we go through Oregon then, and then you go to Northern California for the, the national parks in San Francisco, right? Here we see the Redwoods. Melissa liked the Redwoods better than the Sequoias because they were much taller and in more of a group. So, yeah, the that was good. Sequoia or the Redwoods were good. We go to Northern California. They get me the fuck out of the state of Oregon. Portland <laughs> was trash. Uh, this hotel was not good 
Fuck Oregon. Oregon, so, thumbs down. For so me. you are not going to cheer for the Ducks, Beavers, or oh, uh, Trailblazers ever again? I do have a lot of Duck stuff. I don't mind the Blazers, but yeah, the state did just to not. Uh, sand dunes were good. Nice uh, coastline. But yeah, a couple, couple things did not go our way. So nice to get into California. Saw the Redwoods, saw more of the ocean. Uh, we saw, went on a few hikes there, a couple hikes to see the trees, big trees, big bucket trees. A highlight was the trees of mystery, and you can go in any of these parks basically for free. Oh. This one, this one cost $20, and it was worth it. Bunch of, bunch of trees, bunch of weird looking trees. The highlights where you could go up in the trees, they had bridges, and you are literally at least 50 feet in the air no between these streets. You are a distance above the ground. Wow. Like, did you have to Crazy. climb up there, or was this, like, you're starting at this elevation and walking yep. across? You start at the base of the tree, and then you just go up some stairs. Uh, some stairs, kind of a, it's a staircase that goes up and around and okay. gets you up there. And uh, The bridge moved. It wasn't a solid piece of wood from one side to the other. It was oh, a, like a suspension bridge that gave a little bit. So, yeah, I just hung into the sides. We did that. That was fine. But we, we were up there. We were up there a ways. So that's one of the highlights. And then, then the other highlight is you keep walking up, and you take a ski lift type thing up to the top. It's an enclosed ski lift. Okay. Room for, you probably fit maybe six people in there. So an enclosed ski lift, and that takes you... Another thousand feet up, seven hundred and fifty feet up. You are going up. Oh my! Yeah, this was. I'm not a fan of you know any of that stuff, but it was fun to do that and to say, all right, we did that. And we didn't die. That was nice. <laughs> so and then yep. that's part of your ticket. That's part of the twenty bucks. And so we go up there, and Melissa wasn't a fan of it. She got through it. I think there's maybe eight carts that you that bring people up and down. So we get in one, it continues to move very slowly, so you have to jump in it, and it's going very slowly. So you jump in it, you sit there, you don't buckle in, and you continue to go up and up and up and up and up. Okay. In the middle of it, it stops so it can drop people off and people can get back on. Mm -hmm. So you are literally, you know, 500,000 feet in the air. Just dangling. Yeah. It isn't closed. Yeah, it is like an actual ski lift. Then when, yeah, you just have to move and get on, and yeah, stop, and you're like, oh my god, I might fall out. And so there was that, and like, we're just dangling here, and like, all right. And then after a minute or so, it starts up again. You, you get up there in less than five minutes. Like, wow, that was an experience, and so now we got to go back down. So we got off, got back on, went down, and yeah, that was, that was a ride. So, yeah. So, Trees of Mystery... In Northern California, that was that was good. And was that the actual park, or is that I, this was like I don't know. This was I don't know how they did this because it was you would pay twenty bucks, you would go in, and somehow they I don't know, they own the land. But this they must own the land, I guess. That they had all these trees and kind of weird different looking redwood trees there okay so this is on so, highway 101 still it looks like 
Yeah, I believe so. In Klamath. Yeah. Klamath, I think, is the town here. That they Potentially. Yep, yeah, that sounds right. So that was... Yeah, I think they got some fires out somewhere around there now. So, yeah, and we saw some fire damage from years past. So, was so, there any re like uh, uh, these weird looking trees? Is there any reason? Like, what's the the mystery? Just why they grow the way they grow? Like, did any was there any like um, explanation as to why these trees are growing the way they are? Was there, are there tour guides or anything like that? No, to help? it was. They had some signs. There was really there was one really big tree. There were. I guess they call it like the cathedral trees where there were like seven or nine redwoods very close to each other where people sometimes get married there. Okay. Um, there were just some weird looking trees and a lot of these redwoods, they'd have like two or three trees off shooting among them. They'd have the main tree and then there'd be another branch that'd be an actual fucking tree just sprouting out. It was like three trees in one and just some odd looking branches and things so yeah some of the weirder i guess trees that we saw were okay. there all right and then after that uh uh did you take up uh did you go to any other national parks or were you making your way down to san francisco at this point yeah we stayed in a small town still on the coast all out of the ocean we go to the ocean a couple times and we believe we saw some whales, or at least the spouts of the whales. We got some video of that where okay. it's out there, it's a mist, it's a whale spout type thing. It's happened a couple times in different spots. So we're thinking that probably was a whale. So that's kind of what we saw. Okay. So there, yeah, I think the next day we make our way to San Francisco. Uh, San Francisco is a, is a thumbs up for us. We go there, we are scheduled to go on a boat tour. It takes us out to the Golden Gate Bridge and around Alcatraz. Okay. This, uh, whatever the hell this boat, two, two, three o'clock, when I think it was two o'clock. So we get to San Francisco. We get there in plenty of time. We park where we think we're supposed to park. It's not where we're supposed to park, though. So we go walking oh. right by the giant stadium. So we walk near okay. that. There's nothing around there that would indicate boat tours or anything, because I had the wrong pier. We're supposed to be like Pier 37, we're at Pier fucking 43. Uh -oh. I'm way off. So we look at our watches. You know, it's you know, we got to be there at the top of the hour. We still got like 40 minutes to get there. So we walk back to the car. Uh, we're like four miles away. The... We hit a lot of green lights, so that was good getting through San Francisco area. Mm -hmm. So we got to where we needed to go with 20 minutes to spare, so that worked out. And then, oh yeah, this this looks like the spot where we should be. Lots of stuff to do. So we do the boat tour, we see the Golden Gate Bridge, we go around Alcatraz. We get off there, we stay there for a few hours. A lot of shops, Pier 39, Pier 37, 38, whatever the hell they call it. All these different piers. And a lot of different shopping things. They had the biggest lids store I have ever seen. Uh, the bottom part is a normal lid store. You go upstairs, it is a massive yeah. lids store with, you know, clothing and sweaters and jerseys and hats and shirts and every fucking thing you could imagine. So a huge lids And how many store. hats did you buy there? I did not buy anything. No. It was... Uh, 
what did I buy? About about a maybe one hand on the whole trip. So yeah, nothing was uh, in my price range, but it was a very impressive store. Okay. It was very every jersey you could imagine. It was nice. All right. So we did that. We got kind of a caricature of ourselves drawn. We did that. Uh, there were like street shows or a magic show or some guy named Bob looked to be in his 50s. He's a, looked to be a circus performer of some sort. He would balance on shit. And I figured out watching a couple of these street performers that, you know, 20, 20 30 minute show, however long it lasted, they only do literally like three or four trips. You're sitting here, you're waiting for something to happen. They continue to talk. They look like they're going to do something. They continue to talk. They'll finally do a trick. It all builds up to the big finale balance on a bunch of shit, which was pretty, pretty amazing, incredible. And then you give them money at the end, and that's, that's the show. Okay. So okay. we stayed there. We ate some food. There was a restaurant across the street from where we were sitting. There were these Secret Service men in suits with the glasses and the earpieces. And every once in a while, cars would come in and drop off a couple people. We still have no idea what that was. And they would go into this empty restaurant if that was a fundraiser or who the fuck these people were. So that was different. We leave San Francisco about 5 o'clock or so. We still have another three hours to drive to Fresno. So we get there. That was our latest night. We got to Fresno when it was dark. Um... Fast. The, the the driving was very fast. You know, speed limit 60, 65, fuck that. You got to go at least 80. Like, you're not. <laughs> yep. Like, nobody gets ever picked up. It's like, you know, we don't want to strive to sometimes maybe like Minneapolis or the big city. Yeah, but San Francisco and even outside of San Francisco, it was some fast driving for quite some time. So, we finally got to Fresno, California. I don't know what day this was, maybe Sunday. So, we're a weekend. Mm-hmm. To Fresno, yeah. All right, so you're there in Fresno, and then what? What do you do in in Fresno there? We sleep in Fresno and get out of there very quickly. We go and um, we see the sequoia trees now. We see the big trees. Sequoias are not as tall as the redwoods, but they're wider and thicker. But I think we like the redwoods bigger because they're so much taller. So we did some more hiking, some more looking around. I should mention there was a spot in Northern California, little town we stayed in, which was very nice. Uh, we had good Chinese food in this town, so okay. I want to mention that was that was a good little town. So we go to Fresno. Uh, I think the next night or the, the next day, we go up to this mountain. It's the Silver City Mountain Resort. It is in in and on top of the mountains. I was researching this and reading about this. I the, it was nice. The review said it was going to be a fuck of a time getting to this place. Okay. And they were not fucking kidding. <laughs> so the reason why you know, go to San Francisco. I thought about going to a baseball game. They were playing the Tigers. Like, no, we need to drive a little bit more because it is going to be a hell of a drive to get to this mountain resort. So we uh, see a few more trees. We decided it's early afternoon. Let's start this trek up this mountain. Mm -hmm. Hopefully we get GPS. It takes us. This, from the bottom to the top, this mountain is 25 miles to the top. Holy shit. 
Nikes. We went 21 miles. It took us all of an hour and a half to go 20 miles. Oh, my. Up this fucking hill. I can't imagine that's good for gas mileage. No, we... Melissa starts to cry. She's freaking out. We're going, you know, maybe 15 miles per hour at the most. Road was okay in parts, not very good in others. And you can imagine how steep this was Mm -hmm. and the turns and you're turning and you're turning. You're continually turning. And there are some houses up here. Where the fuck these people get food? Why they would live out here? I don't know. It is dry as shit. Uh, the mountains, these are not pretty green mountains. These are just red, dry mountains. So okay. we finally get up here. Uh, hell of a drive to get up there. Stressful a little bit. So we get there, nice little cabin. Uh, the cabin I originally got, they upgraded us to like the honeymoon suite. So that was nice. Oh, very nice of them. So that, because it was open, we're on a honeymoon. So they did that. And we stayed there for, for two days. We stayed there that day, and then we didn't do anything the next day. Like, oh, this is going to be a resting spot yep. for the trip home. That was a Friday, Thursday, Friday. So it was nice once we got up there. Good cabin, very good. Uh, the lady, who seemed to be about our age, who I think manages this resort, uh, is from Sturgis. Oh. So we talked about that a little bit. So, I mean, these people, I mean, the uh, younger people, probably in their early 20s, they stay up there, I think, for the entire season. And apparently they and they were like, how do you get food up here? Well, apparently there's a guy that goes up and down this mountain twice a week with supplies and food. And they got a little <laughs> cabin and a lodge and a restaurant for breakfast and lunch and dinner. And, like, I can't imagine doing that. It's just... He's got to have to drive a semi, right? I mean, if you're... It's, yeah, I don't know what, a truck of some sorts. It is, there are probably you know, 10 or 12 cabins, so it's not a ton of people. Mm-hmm. You know, there may only be 20 or 30 people up there, not counting the staff. So that was a nice place to kind of rest. We saw a little bear, said, there's a bear outside your cabin, we've seen him, and there was a little bear outside the cabin. One of the workers just goes and fucking runs at it and claps his hands and says, get out of here. So he didn't give a <laughs> shit at all. So like, I'm not too concerned about the bears because this guy's just running at it and chasing it away. So nice little cabin out in this mountain and we're like, all right, we got to get down because our next, this was another one. This was going to Vegas. I think it was Friday. We went to Vegas. Yes. Yeah. So we go down the mountain. This was not nearly as bad as going up. It still took us over an hour to go down this mountain, but and once we got back to normal road, it was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Where you could get even going 40 or 50 miles per hour was unbelievable. <laughs> and we got on so the road and it was nice get getting out of it, turning. There was an LA Times story 15 years ago that was framed in our cabin. This lady did a review of the place. And it was 698 curves or turns up this thing oh wow and we probably took about 600 of them and you, I mean, you can imagine what that is yeah like that is literally one like every 10 or 20 seconds yes and it is you know 600 nearly 700 curves 25 miles up we went we were four miles to the top of the mountain like i don't care i don't give a shit we're gonna stay here we're not driving another four miles up which would have taken us another 
at least 20 minutes. So that was another good and bad part of it. I would never, ever do that again. <laughs> it was nice once we got up there. It was a nice, you know, you're out in the middle of a mountain. It gets very, very dark because there's, I mean, you're in the mountain. There's nothing there. It's dark. Yeah. So that was a cool thing to experience, but I would never go up there again because it was just quite the drive. Yeah. Sounds like it. Sounds like it was stressful. I mean, there's a cliff. There's, it's, a, it's like a one and a half lane road, and a couple times you had to move over because there was a car coming, and there's there is no shoulder. There is a steep drop uh, to your left or right. So, yeah. yeah, that was sometimes no fun. Yeah, I I would <laughs> say that my stress level, just even thinking about that, is it's just makes my hair almost stand up uh so that, it's, it's memorable and once you're done with it you're like all right we're glad we're, we did it but i, I never yeah. want to do it again right right exactly so now you're making your way down to vegas yes we, we we're on the way home we're headed back east yep this is friday july 1st maybe friday yeah so we've got to get home we've got like four days to get home and we're in the middle of a fucking mountain in california so it takes us an hour or so to get down, and we have to drive another maybe seven hours, six, seven hours to Vegas. Okay. So we get there. Uh, this is the middle of the desert. There is it was, it was warm. It was a dry heat. I didn't mind it. Yep. You were out in the middle of fucking nowhere. There was nothing here uh, but weeds and cactus and sand. Uh, a lot of people on the road, because this is probably the only way to get from here to fucking there. Yeah, um, I don't know if they their rest stops were very nice. I don't know if that is because there's nothing around and there's nothing to spend money on. Has to be. So let's make our rest stops as nice as possible. So we get to Vegas early afternoon, two three o'clock. We check into our hotel. Let's get right on the strip. It was a Holiday Inn or whatever the hell it was. Good parking, good access. Um, I, I would say there again, just for the ease of how easy it was to get in and out. And we walk around Vegas all day and all night. So that was a big day. Um, Did you first place we bought a lot of shops, a lot of shops and stuff. Um, the Venetian Hotel or shops, wherever the hell it was. Yeah, okay. We go in there, a lot of different shops. The first spot we went to was really the only thing I cared about of all the stores we went into. Mm-hmm. A very large sports memorabilia autograph place guy comes in and everything is half off everything is half oh great well this ten thousand dollar michael jordan jersey is only going to cost me five fantastic <laughs> okay so they're going to be very expensive things very nice any anybody who's anybody an autograph of them mm-hmm. uh, they had the gamut smith was there or was going to be there at a location signing so he and this was a pretty nice place one thing I considered buying was a Hulk Hogan signed championship belt. It was $1,200, which would have meant it was 600 Yeah. The, the, the belt, I would say, was at least four or $500. I'm like, if I were to get something like this, this would be what I would get, but I did not. Oh, and then he's like, oh, yeah, you're a Viking fan. Here's, you know, Adrian Peterson. Here's, you know, Dalvin Cook. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Get those away from me. I'm not buying yep. anything. So that was a very nice shop. And we continue to walk around uh, Vegas. We go down one side to the other. 
There was a WWE pay-per-view the next day, and there was also a UFC pay-per-view the next day. So we missed that by a day. Um, I would have went to something like that if we were not leaving. I'm guessing that was at T-Mobile Arena there? One of them was there. I don't know. Maybe one of them was at the college. Okay. Perhaps. Maybe UNLV would have to be the other one. So So they were there, so there were some people in town for that. Did you gamble at all? We gambled. We we ate at a place called Senior Frogs. Okay. It was that was fine. That was good. There was like a I don't know how to describe it. Maybe a Mexican place. They had a little bit of everything. So we ate there, and whatever the casino was attached to it, we went into there. And I like to play roulette of okay. all the games. Yeah. I like to play roulette. You know, red or black, out or even. Yep. See what we got. First, yeah, first 12, second 12, third 12. Yep, I like that game. It, you know, seems like it, it gives you a little bit of a shot. With an actual ball that is in the middle, not the machine, it's an actual ball, so it's the, the bouncy ball. So I like that game. They go to Melissa, give me, give me 20 bucks, we'll put 20 bucks in the machine. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. I bet on whatever I bet on. Melissa's like, put... Uh, what'd you say? Put $2 on number 18 for our wedding date, June 18th. Yep. And I say, that's not the way this game works. You know, you bet, you know, give yourself a fucking shot here. Yeah. You're picking one out of the 36 or 37 numbers. And of course, we pushed the button, it landed on 18. Oh, no. <laughs> the, the two bucks, it was what, one out of 35 shot or 36 shot. The $2 becomes $70. Yeah. So we cash out. It took all of thirty oh, seconds. Oh, you did do it. Okay, I thought you. I thought you were oh, saying yes. you didn't do it. Okay, good. Good job listening to your wife. She, you know, yes. happy wife, happy life. Because I had put five dollars on another bet that did not hit. Okay. And we had the two dollars on the eighteen, and it hit eighteen. I'm like, that's weird. <laughs> so yeah, we ended up with twenty bucks. We ended up with like eighty or ninety. There you go. Nice. Maybe you know, 70, 60 bucks. So, yeah, that had paid for some of the gas. That was our big, big gambling thing, and never happened again. Very unlikely. Very few that people a, can say they leave Vegas a winner. Yeah, it was it was interesting. So it was, you know, I don't believe in certain things, but it's like, I mean, Christ. Yeah. Eighteen. It's not like oh yeah, it was the fifth or sixth time we played. No, we played it once. We bet it. Bet eighteen, and then you go back and say, "Shit, I should have put five dollars on 18. Yeah. but no. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. So that was a cool thing with Vegas. Vegas was good. We spent a lot of time there. So we did that. It's next day would be Saturday, I guess Saturday or Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Saturday we go. Looking for a spot to eat. Our hotel doesn't have breakfast. So we go just outside of Las Vegas to something called Mr. Mama's. It was highly regarded on the Google reviews and the TripAdvisor reviews. And it, it was good. It was a good breakfast. Excellent. I assume so you I had eggs, there. right? You had an what? omelet or? Oh, yeah. I think I had uh, a couple eggs with some pancakes. Couldn't even finish one of my pancakes, which oh. is disappointing. So it was, yeah, good food. I would go there again. Mr. Mama's. So we go there. We have another, I think, seven hours to drive to western Colorado. We go to more desert, more mountains, more middle of nowhere. 
I will say this about the about that area: very nice roads. Well, I would imagine there, you know, there's no ice, there's no snow, there's no freezing, anything. The roads are, the roads are very nice. Which is good because you know sometimes I mean the the West in general gets a lot of heat, especially in the summer, and you and you know with all that heat and all the how hot it yeah. gets, you, you sometimes worry about the roads buckling. Yes, so it was uh, very nice roads, some of the best I've driven on. So that was a positive. Uh, we get to Western Colorado. I think the town was Palisade, Colorado. We stayed at this vineyard. Uh, it was a nice little little hotel. That was a Saturday night. Uh, we go into town, have some pizza at this little place. They had elderberry soda, uh, which is a berry, kind of like a blueberry-tasting soda, which was good. Oh, okay. Which they which they made themselves. So elderberry soda, that was good. So we sing at this vineyard, and then the next day we see Mr. Amon and his future wife. We go to Denver on Sunday. Um, Rockies were playing Diamondbacks, didn't go to that, which is fine. So we, we went to this, last year we were out there for a wedding, we went to this flea market. Yep. A lot of, a lot of Mexican folks selling some mm-hmm. stuff. And uh, we went there, last year was good. This year, not quite as good. The produce was not as good. The oranges last year were excellent, huge, like softballs and Yep. Perfect. Not quite as good this year. So that was disappointing. Peaches? Had, How are the peaches? Did you I did not see I did not see any peaches. Uh last year they had cherries. Cherries are quite expensive in the store. You know, like what, four or five dollars a pound for cherries. Mm-hmm. These were a dollar a pound last year. We got ten pounds of them. They didn't have any of them this year. Oh man. So that was a disappointment. When did you go out there for the wedding? Like was the time it was maybe just the timing of when it was like the there? same Apparently, or whatever, if they bring these up from Mexico, or their crop just wasn't good this year. Okay. Because we we got out there the same about same time in July, and it just was not uh, wasn't as good as last time. So that was disappointing. I did buy a used uh, black Cincinnati red hat that I thought was in good enough condition for like fifteen bucks. Right. That was uh, maybe bought another hat somewhere. But the, but the big, the big, the big missed opportunity, there was a lady, like, you go to these flea markets, and if you're, if you're me, you're looking for a deal. You're looking for a deal. Yes. Good quality shit that's very cheap. They had some of that. Yeah. But there was this lady, older lady, and some other guy. I didn't see him there last year. They had the hats I were looking for. They had the good hats. The Major League Baseball official fucking hats, the good shit that you see in the stores. Mm-hmm. I don't know, $45 a piece. They were selling these fucking things, I think, for $15 a piece or three for 35 I think she said. And they had about a dozen of them. I was looking at I would have bought every fucking one of them, but they were not my size. Oh, no! It hurt like you wouldn't believe. I have a big head. Seven and five-eighths is my size. I think the biggest they had was seven and a half. Oh. I'm looking through all these hats. They're not, I don't know how they get these hats. I, don't, I wanted to ask her, how did you get these hats and why are you selling them for $15 a piece when they are three times this much? Yeah. They had an old uh, Atlanta Braves hat from like the, uh, you know, early 80s. Yeah. Uh, yep. They had an Astros, Texas Rangers. They had, uh, you know, 
eight, ten dozen, dozen hats. Me and a couple other guys were looking for them, and they just were not my size. I would have bought at least three, four, five, six of these hats. I would have easily given her sixty bucks for these hats. But that was that is what you are looking for: cheap things that are new and what you're looking for. And I found it, and they were not my size. Oh, oh, how hard! That was hard. That was oh. fucking. That stayed with me for a while. Like, mm. mm-hmm. I found a red ad that was used, and I found I found it. In this entire world, I found what the fuck I was looking for. They were not big enough. Oh, they did not oh. fit my head. So that was that was that was something else. You're gonna have to go back next year to just see if they have it. Oh yeah. my god! And there was one place where I did get a few hats last year, and that guy wasn't there, or he wasn't open, or he moved on. I got a Vancouver Canucks hat. I got a Lakers hat. So I got a couple other hats for around under 20 bucks. I mean, the hats are so expensive now. They, I mean, yeah. you know, they used to be about 30, 35 bucks for your new era official MLB cap. Now it's 40. Now it's $45 for these fucking hats. Oh, wow. And I've got all the hats that I need, obviously. Mm-hmm. So I can be very picky and choosy. I'm not spending over 20 bucks for a hat anymore. It's just, not that I would to begin with, but it's like, if you can find something for 20 bucks or less, you're like, yeah, I'll, I'll buy that because it is way, way too much. Oh, oh, that hurts. Uh, you you got to go hurts. back next year. You got to go back next year just to see, you know, get get your luck back. And you're like, oh, come back in a couple weeks. I'm like, yep, I'll be back in a couple weeks. All right, I'll be fucking 800 miles away. <laughs> so we do that we uh, in disappointment we go out with some you know baseball size oranges a watermelon that was seeded and not seedless because I can't fucking read oh, so no. <laughs> we did that we get hold of him and we meet him up the road meet him for a couple hours have a good time there we drive to North Platte Nebraska for our final night and I would say the best hotel and the best breakfast we had on the entire trip was at this, whatever the fuck hotel we stayed at in uh, North Platte, Nebraska. The bed was soft as a son of a bitch. It just folded in this bed. Mm-hmm. Breakfast the next morning was good. We need to f- uh, we need to find out the name of this hotel so we can... It was, it was a normal hotel, whatever it was, right off the interstate of Best Western or whatever. Mm-hmm. A common hotel but whatever it was if i would ever stay in north plant nebraska again this is the spot that i would stay All so right. it was a good end of the trip we were a five-hour drive home the next day we get there kind of zigging and zagging 20 miles this way 20 miles west or 20 miles east north east north until we get back to fucking south dakota so we get home monday july 4th 4,800 miles two weeks very warm out. Yes. We get home. Yeah. It is eighty-five fucking degrees in my house. Oh, holy cow! The, eight, the no, air, dude. the air conditioner. It is on. It is blowing. The air is not cold whatsoever. Oh no! So it we had a couple up? sets of neighbors look after the cats, look after the house. We're wondering when the fuck did this happen? How long has this fucking been happening? The cats are fucking dying in here. It's eighty-five degrees. It's a hundred degrees outside. Yeah. This ain't working. Uh, neighbors were probably supposed to empty the kitty litter at some point in the last two weeks. That didn't happen, so that stunk. Right? 
just unbelievable. Oh no! And it's and it's July fourth. I call somebody. They thankfully come over here fairly quickly. They get the air conditioner up and running. It does take a time for that thing to go down from eighty five degrees to anything comfortable. Yes. So we got that done. Cleaned up the house. Next, we picked up the dog the next day. He was at the vet for two weeks. So we were back to normal. It was good to be back home. When you're on the trip, you're like, can, can this fucking thing be done with? Can we just go fucking home? Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of driving. And it was, yeah, good to do it. Got some good pictures. Melissa likes to do these, uh, put these books together. Yes. With those websites. Uh, uh, Shutterfly, I'm guessing. Shutterfly book. She likes to do that for a lot of our trips. So she's doing that. She's finishing that up right now. Excellent. It's going to be a 100-page book. So she is doing that. Excellent. So, yeah, good trip. Some positives, some negatives. Don't take a trip that long. That's too long of a trip. Um, but you may... Oh, yeah, but I, well, I, I don't plan on ever going back out there. Yeah. I went out there, kind of took the same route back in 2003. Mm-hmm. We didn't go up to Montana. We went through... We did not go up that far north. But we didn't go all the way west. We kind of took the same route. Mm-hmm. So I've seen that area twice. I don't intend on ever going out there again. I've seen the big trees before they burn down. I've seen the ocean a couple times. Um, I've seen it now a couple times. And I, I, I'm, I'm good. I'm good for the rest of my life. So... You made you made a lot. You had a lot of fun. You a lot of memories that last a lifetime. And you know, yeah, like you said, it's one of those things you probably never do again. So I'm glad. Like when when you're out there and you're like, all right, we're in the middle of this trip, and all you want to do is go home. And you're like, you know what? Well, I'm never going to be out here again. So this is just two weeks out of my life. We're Mm going to do this trip. We're going to see some cool stuff. We'll be back home in no time. Yeah, like we're never going to. I'm never going out there again. So we're never going up that mountain again. Mm-hmm. And we'll see it, and well, that'll be it. Well, I'm glad you overall had a very good time, um, and it sounds like it, yeah, a lot of cool experiences. Uh, I'm just curious, uh, the hat selection, the hats that you brought out there. Yeah. Did uh, what conversations were started or uh, initiated as a result of your hat choice selection? I don't think any were. What did I bring? I didn't wear a ton of hats. I think I brought about five. I think a Rockies hat. I picked up that Reds hat pretty late. I don't even know what I brought. Um, really, no, no discussions. I didn't, didn't wear a ton of hats. A good deal that I did get online before this, a couple weeks before this trip, I saw something online. At some side, I think it was Dick's Sporting Goods or whatever. These very cheap hoodies. I got a Clemson one. I got an LSU one. I got a Kansas State one. Mm-hmm. And there's there's one more in there. I got these hoodies that were like ten or fifteen bucks. I think were great. So I picked those up for the trip because for the cooler days and for the hiking. So I liked those. Yep. Um, but yeah, I don't think that we had any conversation starters. Okay. And then and some of the parking to get in these parks, we were very fortunate with the parking. Because some of the things you get up early, I'm like, I'm not getting up at 5 o'clock to get to these spots. Yes. So we would get there, the parking lot was full, and then we wouldn't have to wait too long before there was an open spot. So we were very lucky with the parking at some of these uh, trails. Very good. Uh, there was something else I was going to ask. Um, did you... 
Did you happen to play the license plate game at all? Did you, did you do we that? did. Uh, I was more enthused than, than Melissa was with it. We played for the first day or two, and then she kind of gave up. Okay. <laughs> uh, but it was very odd that we we had a couple rules. We had semis did not count. You yep. could not count a semi. Yep. Uh, full, full on agreement. And something that I just made up that doesn't really matter is that you can't count a license plate in the state you're in. Even though you will likely see that license plate in the next bordering state. Sure. So if we were in South Dakota, South Dakota didn't count. Yep. But you're going to see a South Dakota plate in Wyoming anyway, so that doesn't really matter. Right. So we did that, and we didn't see all of them, but the weird thing is our first day out, first morning out, we're playing this, keeping track. And like our first five, I should get the list. Our first, I should make you guess, like the first five license plates we saw. Okay. Like one of them... I don't know where the list went. Like one of them was Michigan, another one was Virginia, uh, another one was another oddball state. Like these are like the first five we see. Probably like a Mississippi or a New Hampshire. On South Dakota roads, they were very odd. It's like oh. a Virginia one, a Michigan. It's like well, uh, you know what though? They're all going out to the Black Hills. That's where they're yeah, going. Yeah, you would see yeah, interstate going west, seeing that stuff. Yep. So there was that. And then for and you, and you pick up on certain things. There's a lot of semis. I don't know why. A lot of semis were registered in Indiana. Yes, I've seen that. I've noticed that too. Uh, I don't, well, I don't know what, what 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 it is about Indiana. Yeah. What they've got with the semis, and there were like from Maine. I felt like there were a lot of semis from Maine. It's like okay. so. What what is going on with the licensing of semis? That there's so many from Indiana. We saw a few from Canada, so we didn't see all of them, but we saw. I saw, I saw quite a few. It was either a week ago or two weeks ago. I'm, dro- I'm dropping Noah off at at daycare. And I'm driving back home. And this truck passes, or like is on the opposite side of the road. And I can see it from a distance. I'm like, there's no, absolutely no way that this is it. Then I get closer. And it drives Hawaii. past me. Yes. It is a Hawaii truck in St. Well, Cloud, Minnesota. I, like... I don't know where they, if it's... Like, how do you get it over? How, how did you drive over I, the Pacific? I mean, you got it. You got it. Obviously, you got to, like... Imp, imp, ship that thing. Ship that. Yeah, yeah. It's got to come over on a car, but, like... Or on a ship. But, like, how is there... Like, did you buy the truck? Like, are you really from Hawaii? What is the story behind you? A Hawaii... Uh, the truck with well, a Hawaii yeah, license You moved here and you kept your license for whatever reason. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Just, just bizarre. I could not believe it. So, a Hawaii... You rarely see it. You see Alaska sometimes, but you never, never see Hawaii. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you had a great time, um, and um, glad that the wedding was good. Like I said, it was a lot of fun and and whatnot. So, um, very good. I suppose now I need to go through... You you had the birth of your child. Yes. So... Number two. Yes. So... Name, named after Jason Holm, I believe. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. You know, we were kind of going through and we're like, I don't, do we know a lot of Jasons? Yeah, does that mean when you pick a kid's name, you're like, oh yeah, I've got an Uncle Steve, do I want to mm-hmm. call him Steve? Not yeah. really. We don't, we don't have a lot of Jasons in our life or know a lot of young Jasons or no. uh, not. So, um, so, Kelsey was supposed to come with, with me to, to your guys' wedding. Um, but she had had some 
Oh, it was like her um, migraines were causing her her arm to go numb and stuff and her feet and stuff. Uh, it was just more cautious not to because we thought for sure this baby was going to come at the end of June before the 4th of July. It was just, it seemed like that's how it was all lining up uh, and it was going to happen. And it didn't. And we have an appointment and it didn't. And we get to Friday, July 1st, and Kelsey is having a cluster of migraines. She, she is a migraine sufferer. They're terrible. I've never experienced one, but just watching her go no. through it, it's just absolutely awful. And you feel helpless because you really just can't do anything about it. And she had had this cluster for so long, and you, you, she's normally on, uh, like, Ubrelvi. But she can't take that while pregnant. So really the only things that you can take are like Tylenol extra strength. And you, know, you can put like an ice pack on. But that, that's pretty much it. There's, it's very limited what you can do while being pregnant. So she had had this cluster of migraines for a few days. So we actually had to go into the, into the hospital. We drove to the, to the hospital on Friday, July 1st. And they they got this like Benadryl infusion. It's How far sort of, is the hospital away? A couple miles? Uh, five miles? Yeah, it's, it's ten a ten, miles? It's a ten minute drive, so I would say it's about okay. three miles overall. Yeah. Um, and we had gone down this route before because we were like, okay, we had gone like taken three different routes just to see which one was the fastest. We did this back nice. in June, and so we go there, and she gets the 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 cocktail or whatever that they that they give her and that helps the headaches but then like you're like okay can can we get this baby induced well we have an appointment on july 8th uh final one with with her doctor and we're like there's no way we're gonna get to july 8th like it's just not going to happen and sure enough it's july 8th and we go there, and he's like, you know what? Everything's good. I know your body is, you know, okay. you're just kind of ready to be done. The hospital is short-staffed, so we can't do a medical induction this next week. Um, it'll, if the baby doesn't come, we, we can't do it until Monday, July 18th. Like, holy oh, shit. Just with the, he's like, I'm trying to balance your needs with the, with the staffing and stuff, and Right now, all your all your vitals are checking out good. Baby is doing good, but we're still going to do, like, an ultrasound next week. We do the ultrasound, like, on the, I think, the 14th or something. It was, like, a Tuesday or Wednesday. Go do, do the ultrasound. It's, like, 5, 10 minutes. Okay, good. Okay, yep, baby's, baby's doing good. They didn't do a growth ultrasound, which they probably should have because... Well, and I'll get to that here in a second. But either way, the baby's good. Baby doesn't come at all. We're just like, oh my gosh. Like, why are you not coming out, kid? Do you you know what's going on out there, apparently. You just don't want to come out. Uh, so we, it's Monday morning. We leave at 7 o'clock. We get to the hospital by 7.15. We get checked into the room and everything. And then they, they start. So... We start kind of inducing the labor. Uh, she takes like Pitocin and all this stuff. And eventually, you know, it's, things are progressing like they should. And the, the, the contractions really started about, oh, I don't know, like two-ish. They, they started getting a little more um, 
uh, stronger. She gets an epidural, which she had with Noah. It's basically like numbs you up a little bit, so uh, it doesn't hurt quite as bad. It's like this big sharp needle that goes in your back. I have to leave the room because I cannot I, like just big needle. No, thank you. I'm exiting the premises. So I go out in the room. Wait, wait, while this is all going on. And then they start getting. After that's done, I come back in and it starts getting more. We had a fantastic nurse. Her name was Ashley. She's like, okay, we're going to do this to kind of speed up this labor process and whatnot. And then by the time that it gets there, the doctor comes in and says, I got to do some paperwork at this other office, so I'm going to go leave and do that. And Kelsey says, yeah, I don't think so. I think, I think the baby's going to come here very soon. And not even 20 minutes later, we're, we're going through it. It's like, it's time to push. Everything's going good. The baby's just about here. And the doctor comes in, and he's like, yeah, this is a good thing. I would have gotten to that parking lot, and I would have had to turn around and come back. And so after, like, oh, I think started pushing about 4.10, 4.15, baby Jason comes into the world uh, 10 pounds eight ounces that seems like a very large child it is very large how big was noah eight pounds 11 ounces and he is a massive kid yes yep 50 pounds now we just weighed him the other day he's 50 pounds and so yes 10 like i had i had joked with kelsey before Ten pounds, eight ounces 10 pounds eight ounces yes I joked with Kelsey a couple like the week before. I'm like, you know, this baby's gonna be like nine pounds seven ounces, and she just says, "Why do you hate me?" I'm like, I don't. I just like it's a big baby. Like that's what what's gonna happen. I mean, we have big babies. Now, like the doctors, the nurses were all stunned when they weigh Jason, and he is ten pounds eight ounces. And it was Kelsey said it was an easier birth than with Noah, which is which is good. Ow, ow. I, I don't know. It just was easier because he doesn't look like when he came out, it didn't look like he was 10 pounds. It, he just, he was like, he wasn't quite as broad shouldered. So I think maybe that had something to do with it. But either way, Kelsey said it, it was felt like it was an easier one, easier birth. Uh, they weigh Jason. He measures 21 inches long and all that stuff. But because he is such a big kid at the time, because, okay, so initially, the, so we had Jason at 41 days, one, 41 weeks, one day. That's what they, the, the final one was. Normally after like 40 weeks, that's when baby comes to term and whatnot, but we went an extra week. So because of how much longer it was to for him to, to come into the world and because of how big he was, they were worried about, about the blood sugars. The blood sugar levels and stuff. So he unfortunately got his foot pr uh, pricked. I think Kelsey counted 13 different times to make sure that the blood sugar level was above 40. We had to have three readings above 40 in consecutively before they're like, okay, you can go. Because we thought, okay, we're going to be, we are going to the, um, we're going to go home the next day. Because that's what we were anticipating. He was born on a Monday. We thought we were going to go home Tuesday. But because the blood sugar levels weren't high enough, uh, we had to give him some formula. And it, we just had to stay there an extra day. So, you know, it's it's now Wednesday. 
he he failed a hearing in his right ear too. They do a hearing test and stuff, and they're like, "Oh, that's common and stuff." And Kelsey and I are like, "Oh, How do they know if a kid can hear if he cries or what?" I don't know. They put this, so it's kind of so they put these two like earpieces over each of the ears, and then they hook up some like, um, they they stick some like tape and some wire to you know the back of their neck or something they have this like little gel or something and then they essentially do a hearing test i you can't even tell like like what it is that they're hearing it's just if they pass it'll say it if not then maybe jason passed right away with the left ear didn't with the right so we're like oh crap we have to do this whole thing again the next day and we're we got the blood sugar levels all kind of taken care of. I had to do some for, supplement some formula in there and whatnot. But that's all good. He, the It's Wednesday now. He passes the hearing. It's just now we have to get circumcised. So we do the circumcision, and then uh, we have to wait two hours. So, like, when Noah was born, Kelsey and I were very apprehensive to leave the hospital. Like, you're leaving, you're letting us leave with this life form that it's like three days old we don't know like you're we're just supposed to keep this baby alive i don't know if that's gonna happen or not with with jason we're like okay we know what we're gonna do we just want to get out of here so after that circumcision you have to wait a couple hours make sure there's no infection and all that stuff and we're just like come on come on just like the clock was just not it was just going slow and slow and finally we left about two o'clock wednesday afternoon and uh the best thing i can say about jason is that he sleeps no one ever slept jason sleeps he sleeps three to four hour chunks in the middle of the night which is fantastic uh you know because mom gets to sleep before feeding him and i get to sleep too it's just miraculous so thank you Lord, for giving us a baby that sleeps. He's very good. He had his two-week checkup last week. His uh, He's above his birth weight now. He's 10 pounds, 13 ounces. He is a... he. Uh, and then we've had a couple of... Uh, we had like the pediatrician, our pediatrician, then you have this two-day checkup you take the baby in. And they were looking and they were like, you know what? He actually might have been closer to 42 weeks. So really it was like 41 days or 41 weeks, six days. So the ultrasound that we had initially or like the due date and stuff was off by roughly five days. So really Jason was fully cooked at nearly 42 weeks. He was nearly two weeks overdue. Wow. So Jason Samuel is in the world though. He's very good. He is a happy baby. He doesn't cry a lot. Uh, big brother Noah is very happy. Uh, excited yeah, what does Noah think? What is he? Almost five. He'll be five yeah. in December. Five in December. Yep. He loves him. He helps out every once in a while. He he's just very excited to be a big brother. But he's been very helpful. Brophy has been a little um, like he just basically ignores him, which I guess is funny. Ooh, the dog. Yes. Yep. The dog Brophy. ignores uh, the baby, which is fine. Uh, he's probably like, what is this other life form that you have brought into the house now to uh, annoy me uh, and chase me? But everyone is good. Baby's healthy. Mom is healthy. Everything is working out good. So that uh, it, it took a long time. It, it just 
the days leading up to it, the weeks, it's been a very, it was a very long month, month and a half for Kelsey that the, the final stages of the pregnancy, just with all the migraines and, and everything, but everything's good now. Baby Jason is in the world and that is all that matters. And, uh, I think I taught uh, Jeff Lloyd, uh, the second reached out on Facebook and was like, what? And I said, we will have a new linebacker to talk about in the NFL oh, class, yes. class of 2044. Noah will be there and then he'll graduate. There comes Jason right in his footsteps. Yes. It'll be a long line of stack. Yes. Yep. The Jackrabbits will, will very much enjoy uh, having both of these uh, stacking boys in, on their on the football team. Well, that's some exciting stuff. Yes, yes. And two, two is a good number, and then this is this is this is it for kids. We, we don't know. We're we're. You just, think we'll see? You're opening number three, maybe. We, we are we are open. We were always kind of saying like, oh, boy, girl would be good, but we have two boys. It's great. Now we do have twins running on both sides of the family, so that oh, is uh, that is something that we have to consider. Like, try for three, we might get four. I don't know. Uh, it's something that we. We'll ponder a little bit. I've already decided, though, that if that's not going to happen, I'm getting a vasectomy over March Madness so I can just sit back and watch basketball uh, with an added excuse. It's very exciting. Uh, get that done. Yeah. Yeah. yeah tell, me, tell, tell me how that goes. You get that done, we'll have uh, yeah. yeah. I assume it's I don't know, fairly painless. I don't know. It's. I don't know. You're pretty numb. You know, I, I, I don't know. I think you're nuts. I don't know. I, think, I have to think it's kind of painful. You're getting snipped. Um, you would think so. It would. Uh, hopefully, make it as painless as possible. Well, I just it's going to be nice to have an excuse to watch college basketball. Oh, well, yeah, I gotta get away a week off of work here. Yes, yes, absolutely. So that's a, a recap of our lives here over this last couple of months here. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm busy. A lot of stuff. Yeah. And it, you know what? It happened at a very good time because it was a lull in the sports calendar. I mean, yeah, yeah, like you know, the NBA finals are done, the Stanley Cup finals done. Congratulations to the Colorado Avalanche uh, for winning that. Uh, baseball's been going on. Uh, you had the Open Championship. Rory McIlroy uh, choked. I will say this: that that uh, the British Open was it? The British, yes. the, the British. That was good. That was some good golf. Right yes. There. It was, I've never seen a better putting performance than I saw from no. Cam Smith in that final round. He was just money. He was great. That was the one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. Yeah, it, it really was. It, like I don't know if Rory was playing conservative, but I I don't think he was well, playing Cam not Smith to Cam Smith did is what I've been wanting have Jordan Spieth or McElroy do. Because go yes. out on a Sunday... Kick everybody's ass and would have made. And you know what? Rory had Rory putted really good. He just couldn't get any of those putts to fall. Like they were nope. lengthy putts that just fell or just missed by like a, a couple inches, maybe a foot. If he gets one or two of those to drop, he wins. Like that's that's the difference. That was uh yeah, that it's been a while since I was since I cared about a major that much. So that was good to see. That was some good golfing. So we're only going to touch here on a couple of subjects, uh, sports topics here this week, and we'll get into more of that next week. Uh, we'll start the 
Uh, we can start more college football previews and stuff next week. I'm going to have Charlie actually I'm gonna reach out to him and you know talk to him a little bit here this week, maybe start some of that college football preview, but we'll get into a lot more of the topics next week. But I know he is in, apparently he is in New York City right now. Well, maybe he's there. I don't know, I don't know what he's doing on vacation, but that's, that's exciting. Prepping for the Heisman Trophy presentation. Yeah, you got to look over the trophy. Um, so we we can either touch uh, two things I want to touch on: Deshaun Watson and the trade deadline. What do you? What should we tackle first? Uh, do Deshaun Watson. Okay. I mean, so I get that there's a lot of anger out there, and I was angry too because uh, we're all waiting last week for. Judge Sue L. Robinson to come out with her report, with her findings, her recommendation for the suspension. And it comes out, she says that um, it was a, it was nonviolent sexual assault, I mean, that, which is just a ridiculous thing. But she, saw, she said it was egregious, like this is an unprecedented case for the NFL. We've never seen anything like this. And she said that kind of based on the personal conduct policy, she recommended a six-game suspension just because the NFL seems to be trying to rewrite the rules here, and it's a six-game suspension. When that comes out, I, along with just about everyone else who's not wearing orange and uh, you know is a member of the Cleveland media or a member of the Dog Pound, um, is just losing their minds. Because a six-game suspension for someone who's assaulted or sexually assaulted 24 women at least has reached out to over 60 massage therapists, you know, based on that New York Times article. How can you recommend only a six-game suspension? Like, it just, it defies logic and reasoning. And a lot of people were misplacing their anger on the NFL and say, like, you can't just suspend him six games. Where, uh, no, that's the recommendation from the judge. And I have said that if the NFL has a spine, they will challenge this because this is not right in any way, shape, or form. And the NFL has the right to appeal the decision. The NFLPA must have gotten some, must have gotten wind of this, uh, that something like a six-game suspension was coming down because Sunday they said, let the NFL, we want you to respect this process. We'll respect the judge's decision. Well, okay, a six-game suspension is a slap on the wrist for what uh, this sexual predator at this point, we can I think we can call him, has done. And the NFL took until Wednesday, but they made the appeal. They are seeking uh, an indefinite suspension of at least one year, a big fine, and he can and Deshaun Watson can only get massages by the team of the by team employees. It's a it's a good start. I like what the NFL is doing here. It's the right decision. Some people are losing their minds over this um, now, like uh, oh, saying that this is uh, completely unfair. It's discriminatory against Deshaun Watson. Like, how can you say that? It's this is not the NFL. The NFL has to rewrite the rules here because this is an unprecedented situation. They can't get it wrong like they did with Ray Rice. Yes, there are issues that the with the owners, like with Stephen Ross and stuff. Like he almost, I think he probably should lose the team. He's not going to, but this is terrible. I think the Texans something should happen to them too. So I'm not saying that everything is right here with what the NFL is doing, 
But given that the Cleveland Browns traded three first-round picks for a guy with all of this baggage, all of this hanging over his head, they give him a guaranteed $230 million contract. He wouldn't lose hardly any money in this. It, the NFL had to do something to save uh, a the, their female fan base, and B, they had to save their their image a little bit here. So uh, they have to defend themselves like the defense it's just not not appealing it would have been indefensible i'm glad the nfl is doing this and i hope watson gets suspended at least a year because that's what that's what he deserves for what he's done i don't know like the nfl why can't they just suspend him they are here suspended for a year he didn't play last year he was kind of suspended he just didn't play i don't baseball suspended suspended trevor bauer for like 300 games yeah like, why can't the NFL say, all right, you're suspended, here's the case, here's what the judge ruled, here's what she recommended. Uh, we're going to go step above that and say you're suspended for the year. I don't know. I don't. I think it's partly something with the with the the collective bargaining agreement, but I, I there's just nothing in there, you know, the, the personal conduct policy that states, oh, hey, if you've been accused of 20-plus sexual assaults, this is the number of games that you get. I don't. I think the NFL's investigation wasn't good because they only interviewed, like, four women. And part of this appeal is that no new evidence can be presented. Uh, judge, uh, former New Jersey Attorney General Peter C. Harvey is overseeing the appeal. He's worked with the NFL actually on their uh, CBA or the personal conduct policy in the past. So... One would think that Watson is going to get, or that the NFL is going to get what they want, or very close to it, from Mr. Harvey. I don't know why they couldn't just suspend him right away. Uh, I think it had something to do with their investigation, which I don't think was very good. But ultimately, if he gets suspended, it I hope it's for at least a year. It's got to be minimum 12 to 14 games. It, it, it has to be. There's just no reason. Like, 10 games, that seems remote. Suspend him for the year. Like, And people could say, oh, he didn't play at all last year for the Texans. That's because that's what the Texans chose to do. Put him on that commissioner's exempt list or whatever. That wasn't a suspension. Watson just said, I don't want to play for this organization anymore. So that was his choice, in part. Don't don't look at that as a suspension. But I just I don't understand why people can't look, look will say that this is discriminatory and this will be the case that brings down the NFL. It would have been the case that brings down the NFL if they hadn't gone after Watson for more than six games. Ben Roethlisberger was suspended for six games. Yep. And then there was that when it came out, there were all these other suspensions that people were mentioning about how all these other people got suspended way longer for way less. Yeah, the, uh, was it Calvin Ridley got suspended for, what, four or six games for the gambling deal or he, whatever, he, the he entire season yeah. or whatever that was. Yep, the, he, he suspended all all this year for gambling. Yeah, $1,500 you know, when $1, he wasn't $1,500 in a game he wasn't involved in. Yep. And there's, you know, Tom Brady with, with four games for the for the balls yes, and yep. every other guy that's been suspended for, for all these other things. Josh Gordon they, for a ton yeah. of marijuana, 25 games or something like that. In total. Like, really? Like, why? So, yeah. I mean, yeah, it, would, it would be surprising if he is not suspended for the entire year. So, at that point, he'll be, what, 
two years out, nearly three years between games. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, a lot of money, a ridiculous contracts. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. It looks like we're finally done with this thing after I, well, well over a year. We still have to hear, wait for the appeal, and then the NFLPA is likely going to try and take this to court. I don't know how this is all... I, this isn't... We aren't done with this yet. We're nearing a... Hopefully a finality here. But the Browns are the ones that look dumb in this because they gave $230, $230 million to this guy. Like, the, it's the contract, I think, that in part rubs people the wrong way. Like, how could you give this much guaranteed money to a guy like this? Yes, he's a very good quarterback, but is he a good person? Like, you and I used to, we really liked Deshaun Watson at Clemson. We were cheering for him. We, we at one point both wanted the Vikings to trade for him. Now you look at this, like, get this guy as far away from football as possible. He almost doesn't even deserve to play with how bad of a person he appears to be off the field. He's so talented. He's talented enough that he will get a second shot because of how good he is, even though, what, it's 24 women or so. That, that he did this to, you know, anybody else, no, but because he is good at playing football, he will get, he'll get another shot, even if people don't like it, mm-hmm. so that's the way it goes, if you're good enough, doesn't really matter what you do, you only can, you can come back from it. Yep, so we'll keep tabs on this here, see where the appeals process goes, but the NFL has appealed the decision, it's the right decision, and Watson needs to be suspended far longer, at least a year. I'm hoping it's at least a year. It's likely maybe just going to be 12 to 14 games, but uh, we haven't heard the last of this. This could go to court and stuff. I just, it's part of the CBA, or yeah, the the that the NFL has the right to appeal the, sus- the suspension. That's what the Players Association agreed to, and I would think that a lot of the players around the league are looking at this saying, how can you let this guy get that? Like, it's just, I don't know how you can look at Watson any differently. And yeah, it just kind of puts a stain on his reputation here for basically the rest of his life. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So that's that for now. And then we have the MLB trade deadline last week, and I've never seen a team go all in like the San Diego Padres did last week. We knew after... Juan Soto uh, declined the $440 million offer that the Nationals were going to give him that the the Nationals had to do something. They had to get some good value for him. They got a haul back in return for Soto and Josh Bell. And so far, the Padres are currently, as the recording of this podcast, on a five-game losing streak. They did trade for Josh Hader, but this was a... Powerful move. They they do trade Eric Hosmer, I think, to the Red Sox or something. You know, they're eating up a decent portion of that salary. But this is a star-studded team. But they have a, the Dodgers are clearly the kryptonite, and that maybe seeps down lower. And Juan Soto's like, how are you going to get past this team here? You know, with me and Tatis and everything. Like, we're going to score so many runs. They didn't score a damn run Monday night against the Giants. Like, that's embarrassing. Yeah, the Giants aren't that good this year. How do you not do that at home? Like, they're on a five-game losing streak, and it's just, they went all in, and that's great. But now they have to do something with it, and a lot of talk, and so far, not the results uh, we were, many were hoping to see. 
I just don't think one player is going to make that much of a difference. As great as he is. And I don't know how they're going to keep him. He's got two years left. I did not think he was going to get traded because I'm glad he was for Washington's sake because they got a boatload of people for him. Good good but, players, too, by the sounds of it. Like, Yeah, there were some prospects, some that have been up, and Mackenzie Gore and C.J. Abrams and some other guys that may be something. So we may look back at this in five years and say, oh, yeah, they got two or three solid starters out of this. Mm-hmm. But I don't know why. I mean, Washington traded him. It was like, all right, he's not going to kind of sign this contract. But he's still there for two years. So it wasn't like this was urgent. At all, right. they could have, they could have kept him this year. They could have kept him after next season and still traded him. Yep. But they got a ton of players. Uh, this is what the Angels should have done with Mike Trout. That seems like that has passed, and now he's got back injuries and he's just not the same. And there was talk of them trading Shohei Otani, which they should absolutely do as soon as possible because the Angels continue. Uh, to not be very good. Did you see that Shohei Otani, there was like a rumor or like it, maybe it was just a trades we would like to see happen uh, being being proposed, yep. I think, by ESPN.com that the Twins were mentioned as a landing spot for Otani. Yeah, that ain't going to happen because, I mean, signing in the contracts, I don't know how the Padres are going to keep Juan Soto. I could see them trading him in a couple of years because they gave Manny Machado couple of years ago, a 10-year deal for $300 million. Yeah. And, and he has performed pretty well. Yeah. Fernando Tatis, he signed a 14-year contract for $340 million. Yep. Juan Soto wants a deal around $500 million. He'll probably get at least $400 million. So how do you spend... $1.1 billion on three players over the course of a decade. Yeah, it's tough. I guess you can. You can. I don't know how you do that, but how do you keep three guys that are going to make over $300 million? I don't know. Yeah, that's that's tough. It, it's a it's a, it's a a million-dollar question. But the, the Padres obviously made these moves to go all in, not just for this year, but next year as well, and maybe the year after. You know, as long as they have Soto there. But they can't get by the Dodgers. Like, it, it's just... Getting, getting Josh Hader, I don't know what the Brewers were doing. Yeah. I guess, yeah, see, he has a free agent after next year, and he's going to make 15-some million next year. So they decided to trade him, but he is awfully good. His ERA is around four, but he's had a couple of bad starts, so that's kind of inflated. Yeah. Um, he's pitched much better than that. Well, do they think but, Taylor Roger is going to be that guy? I mean, he was doing really good. That trade with the, the Twins, the Twins looked like the big losers on that with Paddock yeah. getting injured. Uh, the Pagan, your favorite guy, is a... Oh, yeah, he's just goddamn ace of staff. Hey, at least he's better than Duffy. Holy shit. So, you've got, I mean, Taylor Rogers got off to a very good start, and he has just struggled a little bit in the last month or so. But you get him, you get a couple other players... So that's, I mean, Milwaukee, they've kind of fallen off. Cardinals are in first place now. But, I mean, you've got the Braves uh, solidly in the wild card, and then you got the Padres and maybe the Phillies in those final two spots. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, uh, it was as active as a trade deadline as I remember because a lot of years go by and not much happens. But 
huge trade and a lot of other significant trades. And the Twins were very active, which I liked to see. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this was uh, one of the better trade deadlines I ever remember. Do you think the Twins gave up too much for the guys they got? Jorge Lopez, the closer from Baltimore, who I saw. I was at the game Friday night, saw him blow the save, so that was great. Uh, By the way, I I don't ever remember seeing this many Toronto fans at a game like on TV and stuff. The stadium was half full of Toronto fans. I, and I think it's, you know, Toronto, you know, Canada's only got one baseball team, so Manitoba can just come on down uh, when the when the Blue Jays are playing the Twins. But the stadium was half full of, like, there were louder let's go Blue Jays chants than let's go Twins chants. Like, it just, it was amazing. It felt like a playoff atmosphere. It was really cool. That's the old, uh, they win that, uh, what was the score of that? Six to five and ten. Jorge Lopez blew the save, and then Nick oh, Gordon. Oh, yes, that was the, uh, Nick Gordon's yeah. three-run home run was 20 feet away from us. It was out, outstanding. We were in the right field bleachers there. Yeah, it was a good kind of a play, playoff preview Yeah, there. I mean, they could very well maybe, probably not the Blue Jays, but maybe it'll be, I mean, Baltimore's been unbelievable. I'm all in on Baltimore. Uh, Seattle is still in the mix. So I hope it's Seattle or Baltimore. Uh, one of those two teams, I hope, can make the playoffs. Do you think Baltimore did the right thing by getting rid of the guys that they did despite being in the, like Because they've exceeded expectations this year, and a lot of people think that, you know, watch out for this team here in a couple of years. But getting rid of who they did, including Lopez and uh, who, who they trade to the Astros. I'm forgetting. Uh, Trey Mancini, Trey Mancini, I think he's a free yeah. agent, so yeah. I can understand that. But, like, you could have signed him to a deal, and he's a, yeah. a big re- – like, it just felt like the Orioles maybe should have been buyers given that they're in the wild card hunt versus selling. Where do you come Where do you come down on that? It's interesting, a team that is very much in the playoff hunt gets rid of their closer, who's done very well, and gets, like, their, their most veteran player – and Trey Mancini, they're still in the race and still doing well, but they get rid of a couple of pieces and really don't add anything. So that is odd. And I think, you know, I think they're going to maybe make the playoffs next year, if not this year. So, yeah, a great turnaround for them. But it was odd to see that. Corey Lopez, former starter who was awful, and he's having a good year. So, yeah, Twins needed. I mean, I've been talking since the offseason. Get some fucking pitchers. Mm-hmm. And... They have finally waited since the 1st of August to trade for like three, four guys because the, the likes of Tyler Duffy and Pagan just didn't get it done. Mm-hmm. So they got Lopez. <clears throat> he should be good. Uh, they got Michael Fulmer from uh, the Tigers. He should be okay. Yep. Uh, t- Tyler Molly from Cincinnati. I was very excited about that. Yep. I don't think they gave up quite as, mel- uh, quite as much as they would have for some other starters like uh, Luis Castillo, he went from the Reds to Seattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frankie Montas, he went from Oakland to New York. Those are your top two guys. But I like Tyler Molly because his road numbers are pretty good. His home numbers are not. Uh, but that ballpark in Cincinnati yes. is on the same level as Coors Field mm-hmm. as far as uh, runs. So you get him out of there. I think um, I think that should work out. He should be much better. Uh, with Target Field at his home park. So, pitched all right. Were you, were you there Friday? Did yes, I was. Friday? Yeah, he he pitched okay. He ran into a little trouble there. I think he – did he give up the, the home run to um, yeah. to Vlad Guerrero Jr.? I think um, 
but yeah, I, th- I thought overall he pitched really well. It was also fun to see because that was the game that Jose Barrios uh, pitched. And he had like 14 pitches through the first two innings. I'm like, holy cow. Like, this would be the game that Barrios, you know, like he normally would have 14 pitches in one inning for for the Twins. And he had 14 through two, and then he runs into that little trouble there with the, the Nick Gordon home run and whatnot and got bounced early. So I don't think that was the start he was hoping for in his um, return to Minnesota. But, yeah, I was I like to see the new guys in there. It just would have been nice to see Lopez close it out more. But that Blue Jays lineup, despite not having George Springer in the lineup there, was very good. And by the way, the catcher for the Blue Jays, Dan Jansen, he had he struggled Friday night um, at that error and, and, and whatnot. Uh, he also had the bad throw to Vlad Guerrero after, uh, was it Jake Cave struck out? I think that was, that moved Nick Gordon over to third. He looks like Carson Wentz. Like it just the picture that they had at the at the at the ballpark there putting him on this Jensen guy, uh, oh, really? the, the catcher for the Blue Jays. He looks a lot like Carson Wentz, and maybe that's why he had a bad throw and didn't catch it at the end. I mean, it was an exciting series. Though. I mean, they got screwed something fierce on Sunday with the catcher interference call. Sure did. Yep. Not, not that they would have won the game, but would have given them but, a chance. Uh, 2-2 tie, 3-3 tie in the 10th, and perfect throw from Tim Beckham in left, and they get with Maryfield at home, and just a, a horse shit of a call. And I, you know, Twins are one game up on Cleveland, two on Chicago. I am none concerned about winning this division, despite how close it is. Really? And I am, because the Twins I, aren't not. playing the expectations. And I, because... And everybody at the trade deadline or before was like, oh, yeah, Twins, they're going to finish third. It's going to be all about the White Sox. White Sox didn't make a fucking move. Mm-hmm. Their guys are always hurt. Uh, their shortstop, Tim Anderson, is now out for the next six weeks, so he's maybe done for the year. Uh, White Sox, one of the more disappointing teams in baseball. Cleveland's better than Chicago now. I was worried about Chicago. No, not so much worried about Cleveland either. I think the Twins are better than either one. So I think they'll win the division. I'm not too concerned about it with 50 games left. So they addressed the pitching finally. That's nice. They got the Dodgers this week. That's not going to go very well. But they got the Angels this weekend. So win some games against them. I hope you're right. But I'm looking at the the Guardian schedule here. And they, they lost the first two games of that series to the Astros and then won the final two. I'm not really happy about that. Yeah, they have the Tigers here. Yes, you do have to go to Toronto, but they get the Tigers a bunch. Uh, they get I mean, the Tigers. They, I, yeah, I'm not. I'm not too concerned. I mean, Cleveland had that. I haven't watched much of the Twins in the last month. I watched a couple of those Blue Jays games. They had that stretch against Cleveland, where Cleveland had a couple of crazy comebacks and walk-offs. Well, if it wasn't for that, I mean, this team would be three, four games up now on Cleveland. Well, we will see. It's going to be a fun. Uh, rest of August, we have training camps going on, college football. There's plenty to get to, and we'll talk about that all here in the weeks to come. Uh, anything else before we say so long? Myron Buxton hasn't played, hasn't started a game in center field in 10 days. Made the all-star team. He started it. He had a home run. Good for him. His knee is a problem. I thought that would have been a great opportunity for him not to play and take like a week off without putting him on the DL. Mm-hmm. But they decided to, he could play, and then he took a couple days off against Detroit when they started the second half of the year. 
So Buxton's knee is giving him trouble, but he's still out there. Um, yeah, we, we haven't talked in like six, seven weeks. And the things that have happened since then, we were up in that cabin up in the mountains when I saw that USC and UCLA were going to the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that, and that's the story that you first see on Twitter where you, you have to confirm it and you're like, this doesn't make, this doesn't sound right, but then it came out that, yeah, that was what's going to happen. So it's very odd. Something like that's going to happen. Vince McMahon has stepped down from WWE yep. with some sexual things. That's another big thing. Mm-hmm. So a lot of them... Uh, some shithead in Florida got his house or hotel raided by the FBI yesterday. That's fun. And everyone is losing their mind, even though they wanted the same thing for a Clinton earlier. Yeah, and you, you have that Daily Show clip, and they do a good job with that stuff. And if these people would just say the same things they said five years ago, they'd make a lot of sense. They look really smart in those clips. When, when, when you consider if they, if they talk about Trump like that. Darkest day in American history? I don't think so. No. Not quite close. So, I mean, you can't take those people seriously. So, a lot of big things have happened here over the past just couple of months. There's so. also something big next week that we will get into when we when we really start getting into the college football. It has to do with media rights in the Big Ten. We're going to get into yeah. that more next week because there's a it's significant um, based on We're probably the, going to the to, to, to CBS. Yes, are we going to be CBS, CBS, the Big Ten, and CBS and NBC. And no ESPN. The, uh, the 2.30 game now. Yeah. yeah. So, and no no ESPN. That's, I think, the stunner in it all. But we'll get to all that next week. It's been great to, to reconnect here, uh, go over everything that, that's happened, um, and we'll look forward to talking a lot of sports here with you in the weeks to come as we get ready, geared up for football season and the hunt for October. A lot of stuff, yeah. Busy, busy. We're, getting, we're getting busy again, yes. so. There went the summer. So. Yep. Summer's gone. Good, goodbye to summer. Yes. And fall is right around the corner. Thank you, my friend. Great talking with you, and we'll talk soon. All right. We'll see you next week. Sounds good. Travis Crins joining me here, Sports Block Podcast. Always appreciate his time, as always. Uh, great to catch up there, go over all the, the life events stuff that's been going on. You can find this podcast, the Sports Block Podcast, available on uh, podcast.com, also on iTunes. Follow me on Twitter at Andy Stacken, Travis Crins at Travis Crins, Facebook Nathan Stacken, the link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. We are going to talk a little more sports. With the beginning of our uh, college football preview here, Charlie Hildebrand will come on to discuss a few conferences, uh, AAC, Big 12, and the SEC. And we'll talk a lot more here uh, throughout August. But Charlie's going to come up next for a little bit here, and we'll wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast, again, available on podcast.com and on iTunes.